Welcome to Extravagant Joy with Steve Backlund, recorded March 23rd, 24th, and 25th at House of Hope in Cranbrook, B.C. For more information about House of Hope, visit our website at www.ihopecranbrook.ca. Steve is here. He's a good friend. He's been a friend of the house since the beginning of House of Hope, and he has sowed into House of Hope. He is he has served us. He has walked through a lot of things with us. And with that, I just want to turn this over to him, and I want you to give an amazing House of Hope welcome to Steve and the team. All right. Well, good evening. It's great to be back in Cranbrook. This is, this is where it's at. Yeah. British Columbia. You guys have spoiled here with your beauty and excited about this weekend. I was just looking up the word extravagant. This conference is called Extravagant Joy. Let me just give you some, you want to hear the definition of extravagant? Yeah. Um. Exceeding the limits of reason. <laughs> hmm. Exceeding, you know, exceeding the limits of reason joy. Wow. Or necessity. Um, lacking in moderation. <laughs> lacking in moderation joy. Uh, lacking in moderation, balance, and restraint, joy. <laughs> wow. This conference is starting to make me a little nervous. <laughs> Didn't know what I was getting myself into. <clears throat> Extremely or excessively elaborate. Um, or spending much more than necessary. Ha, ha, ha. Extravagant. Um, wow. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you say this after me? Say, say, God brought me here tonight because he believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's preparing me for something bigger than I know. Something's happening in me tonight. It's supernatural. I'll never be the same again. I'm a person of extravagant joy. And I'm going to the next level. Amen. I love having people say things, by the way. Because you can't change your life without changing how you talk. And, and, and if God needs something to work with, if we're going to go into something higher in our lives. And, and, and words are, are one of the main things he works with. The worlds were created with a word, let there be light. Jesus started his ministry in, in Luke 4 with a declaration. He said something, so he heard something. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Now, he said that before he was in the experience of what he was actually saying. But he said it before he, he experienced it. 
And so if we're going to experience something higher, we have to say something higher. Because if we're only saying what we're experiencing, then we're going to be stuck in our experience. And I see the Lord just, um, just releasing a gift of faith on people to actually say something higher. So I, lo- I love declarations. I mean, Gideon, he heard a declaration over him in Judges 6. <clears throat> Angel said, hello, mighty warrior. Gideon probably thought this angel's new to angelic prophetic ministry. Ha, 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 Because he shouldn't say, I'm a mighty warrior until I'm in a mighty warrior experience. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, 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 ha. He should wait until mighty warriorhood is, is manifesting in me before he says, before he calls me mighty warrior. Let's laugh at that as well. Ha, ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, we, we got to hear something higher than what we're experiencing. And, and I'm not waiting for you to tell me something. I wish somebody would say something. I wish an angel would come to me. An angel would come and tell me who I am. I'm not waiting for an angel. I'm telling me. That's why, you know, just uh, some, of the most, some of the most important things we need to say will be the hardest to say. Because there's a stronghold in our mind doesn't want us to say it because that stronghold doesn't want to go. I'm staying. That's the way you are. You're never going to change in that area. Don't say it because you don't want to get your hopes up. Uh Uh-huh. Just get your hopes up. You'll be disappointed. Just protect yourself from disappointment and never say anything higher than what you're going to experience. Uh-huh. No, it's a, by the way, boy, you know, these, these, um, these meetings, I'm, I'm hearing this over these meetings. These meetings are going to change our lives. That's what I'm hearing. Because God is accelerating things. He's on the move. He's increasing. The devil wants us to think he's winning. I uh, also think he's winning, and you know, let's just let's just bunker down, and you know, hope nothing worse happens. Yeah, you know, let's just yeah. And so you know, even going after extravagant joy, I mean, you know, uh, it, it's going to be fun because I used to be a joy impaired, laughter impaired Christian. <laughs> I had no value. I mean, I didn't even. I mean, we talk about extravagant joy. I. I had no value for um, just uh, just a trickle of joy, extravagant joy. And so it's going to be fun just to share, you know, in this. And we, we celebrate the purpose of all meetings. All meetings, you know, just being, whether it's a healing meeting, evangelistic meeting, you know, a, a meeting uh, on, on marriage, finances, whatever. But... These meetings are about you. They're about your personal breakthrough. Not about your spouse's breakthrough. Let's laugh at that. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. 
Not about the person across the room that you're hoping that they're really going to get this. Yeah, yeah, I hope they get that word. Not about the person you wishes was here. I wish so-and-so was here. No, it's about you. You say, it's about me. It's about you. It's about, and and that, that's it, because it's about you. Because you know, if you're going to bring breakthrough, you have to get breakthrough. God's called us to bring breakthrough at a higher level. His plan is that we bring increasing breakthrough. And, and, and so we, we need times where it's about us. And, you know, I, the Lord, he, he's excited you're here. He is really excited because you're giving him something to work with. Your being here dramatically increases the likelihood you're going to have breakthrough in your life. The percentage chances have just gone up. <laughs> That's, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. my team. Why don't you four ladies stand? And, yeah, just welcome them. <laughs> They're students, School of Supernatural Ministry. Got Kaylin, Andrea, Sana, and Lauren. And they're at Bethel in Reading, and they're going to help me close tonight, and they're going to be doing some ministry all through the weekend. Thank you, ladies. And they're going to be serving you. So just uh, just get ready for that. And we have three 20-year-olds and a 28-year-old. <laughs> three 20-year-olds. Man, I mean, what does that mean? That's just... Somebody here is going to figure that out. Somebody is. Now, I was asking the Lord, just before I get into, you know, just uh, sharing tonight on extravagant joy, uh, I was asking the Lord, what are you doing here? What are you doing in this region? Here's some things I heard. Uh, he's, he's releasing new prayer strategies in this region. I'm hearing that there's a new wave of prayer, corporate prayer, new strategies in how to pray. Um. I'm hearing that uh, he's increasing, that, there, that favor is increasing on your churches. Your ministries are having increasing favor, and individuals, Christians, are getting increased favor in this region to, to step into education, government, um, business, etc. Uh, I'm hearing that there's fresh wind on your secret place prayer times. I'm hearing there's fresh wind on secret place prayer times in this region. And I'm hearing also that he's causing you to see what God is doing around you. He's actually opening your eyes to see who God's on and see what God is on. Samuel. Went to Jesse's house, 1 Samuel 16, to see who God was on to be next king. And he didn't see, he thought he saw, but then he said, but he saw that God was on an unlikely young man named David. Barnabas saw that God was on a, a former Christian killer named Saul. God's on him. God's opening our eyes to see who he's on. And, and, you know, I mean, 
the somebody in the Old Testament saw that God was on a uh, on a tree, and they threw a tree in the bitter waters, and it became sweet. Someone just go hmm, hmm. The Lord's going to show you things that He's on. He He's I I I see I hear He's opening spiritual eyes to see who He's on, to see what He's on, to see what city He's on. And, and, and I see the Lord actually uh, causing you to lend your strength to what he's on. Thank you, Father. Mm. Also, I'm just hearing that uh, with this weekend, these words, listen with your spirit, not your mind. not about, oh, man, I hope I can figure this out. Hope my IQ is high enough to get this. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. It's with your spirit. Listen for the aha moments. Listen when you hear, when your spirit leaps, whoop, that's for you. Note it. When something, when a, when a phrase causes you to come alive, note it. Because God's on that. And, and it's probably going to become a sword in your life. Ephesians 6.17 says, take up the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, say Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take, take up the Word of God that the Spirit makes real to you. Take it up as a sword in your life. And it's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. Not people. Just want to clarify. So it's kill something. Kill pessimism. By the way, people in this this weekend are going to get delivered from pessimism. These meetings are pessimism deliverance meetings. Ha 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 ha! Woohoo! Because you can't be a high-level influencer and be pessimistic. Take up the sword, kill victim mindsets, frustration, offense. Woo! You're gonna get a sword. It's the word of God. He's gonna make it real to you. Just say, I'm going to get a sword, and it's going to change my life. I'm going to kill some things with it. Ha, ha, ha. Someone just go, rah, ah. I'm not here just, well, hopefully I can get some information. You know, I need revelation. I need revelation, and I need impartation. I need something supernatural. That's what I need. Now, just to, in case you don't know me, um, I'm on staff at uh, Bethel Church, Redding, California. Been there since 2008. Um, married to my wife, Wendy. Married 40 years. We had our 40th wedding anniversary in October. Yay! She usually comes up here, but she's... She has got a problem. She's people are wanting her. 
You know, I know where this is, this is going, and that I'm going to be soon known as Wendy Backlund's husband. <laughs> it's where this thing is headed, which makes it just fine with me. She's in Virginia tonight ministering, and so uh, she just, uh, in the last year, released a book uh, called Victorious Emotions, and it's uh, creating a framework for a happier you. She's got a journal with it. Um, out of any books we have ever done, the, this book has been by far the most popular thing in the first nine months of any book. And just uh, what's happening, just the breakthrough in her life. She's probably the most changed person I, I've ever seen, you know, as far as getting breakthrough. And so her being able to share that, write about it is so good. So I'm going to give this, these two books fourth row. Yep. Can you pass it back right there? What's your name? Heather, bless you, Heather. I hear this over you, Heather. You're a high-level hearer from, of the Lord, and you hear at a high level. And I see the Lord showing you verses in the Bible uh, about hearing and, and the key of hearing and supernatural hearing. It says in, in Mark 4.24, take heed what you hear. Luke 8, 8, 18, take heed how you hear. And Jesus ties those two uh, verses into future abundance. And there's something about hearing. You already hear at a high level, but it's going to another level. And you are, I see you release an army of people actually hearing the now word from God. And the now word from God always has hope attached to it. And that's going to be an anchor point for you. And so, bless you, Heather. So, um... I got saved uh, I, I, in the 70s. I got saved at the tail end of the Jesus movement. I was a hippie and uh, actually had hair. <laughs> and I tried this, tried that, and I found out there's no high like the most high. Met Jesus. There's no high like the most high. Someone say amen to that. So I, my hippie girlfriend, Wendy, she got saved with me. And... Um, Started going to Assembly of God Church, north coast of California, where we were living. And my belief system at that time was, is when I went to church, if I didn't feel saved, then I didn't think I was saved. And if they gave the altar call to be saved again, I would go up and get saved again just to make sure. Then the Lord says, Steve, I've got good news for you. <clears throat> You're saved even when you don't feel saved. I said, wow, that's amazing. I thought feelings were the highest indicator of truth there is. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. And so after I heard that, you know, I'd come to church still not feeling saved. They'd give the altar call to be saved. And I wanted to go down there so bad. I want to go down. I want to get this thing off me. I want to get this spirit of heaviness off me. I want to go down. The Lord says, don't go down there. Stay, Steve. (laughs) Stay. Because I'm going to teach you how to get that thing off you. I'm going to teach you how to get the spirit of heaviness off you. It's not by doing something different. It's by believing something different. And even even some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you over the weekend about hope and joy are really tied to the beginning of actually believing something I'm not feeling. 
And, and so we, we stayed on, on the North Coast, California for 15 years. 13 of those years I was on staff at a church. Lived in Romans 12.1, basically give our bodies living sacrifice to the Lord. It was a season of sacrifice, surrendering our hearts and our will to the Lord. Powerful season, needed season. Then he sent us to the desert in 1991 to pastor for 10 years in central Nevada, a small rural church. And how many know God loves to send people to desert to teach him how to repent? And one of the best definitions of repentance is to change the way you think. And, and so he said, I love Romans 12, 1, and you keep it. But if you're going to have transformation, you've got to move into Romans 12, 2, where it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. You're, you're, only, you're not going to see transformation by surrendering your heart. You're going to see it by surrendering your beliefs. And we found out this, that surrendering our beliefs is more challenging than surrendering our heart. Ha, <laughs> ha. It's called a stronghold because it has a stronghold. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, I've got stronghold, stronghold. <laughs> the Lord was asking my wife, Wendy, Wendy, will you surrender the belief that you're shy and inadequate and can't speak well in front of others? She said, well, but that's who I am. And the Lord says, that, that's not who you are. That's just who you've become. That's who you come, by agreeing with past experience rather than agreeing with me. You renew your mind with past experience rather than what I'm telling you. And so it was surrendering our hearts and then our, our beliefs. And John 8, 32 says, a truth will make you free. Every area of our life where we believe truth in, we get free. Every area of our life where we believe lies, we're not free. I'm not a devil-focused Christian. I'm a belief-focused Christian. I don't want to be ignorant about the devil, but I don't talk about the devil very much. But I talk about what I believe all the time. Because if I can believe truth, I get free. And if I'm free, it doesn't sound like the devil's bugging me very much. Just a thought. And even to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you've got to believe something to get those pieces on. And so we get saved by, by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. And I'm just laying a foundation. I'll go deeper into this tomorrow in talking about hope. But the, really the question is, how do we know then if the battles between lies and truth, how do we know if we're believing a lie? Because the nature of deception is, is that we don't know we're deceived. Once I know I'm deceived, I'm no longer deceived. That's taught in deception class 101. <laughs> you like that, Jeff? By the way, it's great to be with you again. Love you guys. You and Deanne and your team, thank you so much for holding up the flag of revival. The flag that God is good. The flag of the culture of honor. The, the flag of, uh, of, the, 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 of the prophetic calling out the golden people. And so much more. Thank you. Thank you. I, I always like coming here, by the way. We've had, we've had some good meetings here. Man, oh, man. 
Where was I? <laughs> Lies, deception. Yep, deception, class 101. So how do we know if we're believing a lie? Well, here's how, how we know we're believing a lie. In any area, any area of our life where we don't have great hope, we're believing a lie. That's what I believe. Now, these, these are things I'll go in deeper tomorrow. But it, it says in Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you. Anybody here want to get filled by the God of hope? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. I'm, I can, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to uh, do a little bit of a backland translation here. Now may the God of hope fill you with extravagant joy and peace in believing, say in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You become this hope abounder. Yeah, I mean, you got so much hope. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit you got hope. But it starts with in believing. That's the, if you boil that verse down to its essence, it's now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment I believe truth is the moment I get filled by the God of hope. Increased hope is the increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working. Increased hope is the evidence that I'm moving from mental assent to actually believing a truth. And so um, our whole ministry is called Igniting Hope Ministries. That's because we got so rocked by that revelation in the early 90s uh, and, and that it changed our lives so much. We said, we're, we're going to go around the world and we're going to ignite hope in people. That's what we're going to do. Because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. You know, somebody should name their church House of Hope. So I, I just got this. Got a revelation. Somebody should do that. I want you to, yeah, I know. Thank you. So, God, because our hope level, our hope level determines our influence level. He who has the most hope has the most influence. I believe this after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. It, you know, love's the most important, but hope, because you can't, you can't effectively influence that which you don't have hope for. Once you lose hope, it, it, the, you can't see anymore what God's doing. You can't. And God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. He has a habit of doing that. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Hey, uh, David, before you go after Goliath, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. Uh, the experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. You should go back to the fields and not get your hopes up so much. And they're saying, actually, what's going to happen is you're going to get killed. Hey, Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. 
The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. Because <laughs> if you knew how dry they really were, you'd be more pessimistic. And they're saying uh, what's actually going to happen when you prophesy to those bones is nothing's going to happen. Uh-huh. All right, so hope. Here, here's, a, here's a great definition of hope. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and that you have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and you have the power to help make it so. And as Christians, we're not just trying to pump up. Uh, I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. I'm not just trying to pump up. I mean, we sang some great songs tonight. Man, oh, man. You're never going to let me down. And the first song about his faithfulness and his promises. And because my hope, my, my hope is based on, on, on what he said. It says in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That's a lot of hope talk. Man. Don't let, let, let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That tells us why. For he who promised is faithful. So my hope is based on his faithfulness, on his promises. And the more revelation I get about his promises is the more hope I'll have. But I want to, I want to talk about joy. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. And peace in believing. Now, hope has two buddies who hang out with him. One is called all joy. And the other is called peace. Wherever you find true hope, you'll find all joy. Not a little joy, all joy. Say all joy. You'll find extravagant joy. You'll find excessive joy. Now, my definition of joy is this. Joy is the childlike wonder and adventure of working with God instead of working for God. Joy is the childlike wonder and adventure of working with God instead of working for God. And that, that, that's joy. It's like the mouse and the elephant who went across the bridge. And after he got on the other side of the bridge, the mouse said to the elephant, boy, we sure shook that bridge, didn't we? Uh huh. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just tell you I'll just tell you my own joy journey. Some of you can relate to it. Some of you have, you know, have come out of joy impairedness yourself. Others of you may be in it tonight. If you if you're battling it, I got good news. You don't have to stay there. You're not going to. So I'm learning this in the 90s, learning about hope. And then I found out that joy, I said, I want hope. Yes, I want hope. And the Lord said, if you want hope, you're going to have to have joy too because they come together. Uh, You know, during that time, a phenomenon broke out uh, in the church called holy laughter. Be a meeting like this. Somebody in the meeting who wasn't planning on laughing would start laughing 
and they would try to stop laughing, and they could not. Sometimes whole sections of people who were not planning on laughing would start laughing, try to stop laughing, and they could not. Ushers did not know what to do. Sometimes preachers would come up fully ready to preach, open their mouth, ready to read the Bible, and all that would come out would be laughter. I watched that. I was troubled and uncomfortable. (laughs) Troubled and uncomfortable. I said, that can't be God. God. God may want us a little happy, but I don't think he wants us that happy. <laughs> so I said, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look in the Bible and actually see if joy's in there. Because I don't think joy is in there that much. Uh-huh. And then I found out, wow, joy's in the Bible all over. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow, Samson had a secret to his strength. His Nazarite vow, long hair. God gives us a secret to our strength. It's his joy. It's a secret to our strength. I've got a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I'll say that again. I have a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I say, well, you know, I'll be joyful at the end of this battle. Uh-huh. This thing gets resolved. I get enough money. All the people who are not fun to be with become fun to be with. Then I'll be joyful. Lord says, Steve, if you're not joyful now, the chances of you being joyful in the future are slim. Thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. So your lack of joy is not a circumstantial issue. It's really a you issue. Thank you again, Lord. (laughs) Thank you. Always comes back to me. Trying to blame things. I'm trying to blame the devil. Trying to blame people. My past. You won't let me do that. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Uh-huh. So I don't need joy at the end of the battle. I need joy in the, in the middle of the battle. It's my strength. A lot of you are going through things right now. Man, you need the joy of the Lord. You, you, need, you, you need the joy. It's, it's going to be your strength. It says in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart is good like medicine. Dr. God says, Steve, I've got a prescription for you. I want you to laugh heartily three times a day. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. And science has caught up with the Bible again and proven that laughter benefits your health. All kinds of studies. Just just do an online search of laughter and health. You're going to be amazed at what you find. And lower high blood pressure. It releases endorphins in your body, the natural painkiller. It builds up your immune system to fight off disease. It works out your facial muscles to give you a younger appearance. Let's really laugh at that. (laughs) 
I heard this, uh, I heard this, that 10 minutes of hearty laughter is like working out 10 minutes on a rowing machine. Let's really laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. Laughter's, laughter is, is, the, is one of God's ways to help us stay emotionally and physically healthy. It is, you know, I, I, I told the Lord, but I'm, I'm Scandinavian. I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm part of the frozen chosen and we, 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 yeah, no, we don't do emotion. You know, we all do laughter. It's not my, it's not my personality to, to be joyful. Uh-huh. Lord says, uh, I actually thought joy was the optional fruit of the Spirit. Only for certain personalities. What would you say to someone who says, I don't have the right personality to be a loving person? (laughs) You'd say, that's ridiculous. David in Psalm 51 prayed, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I mean, I don't want to get as low as David did to pray that prayer. Now, I can right now pray, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Why don't you just say that with me? Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I want that. And that's a prayer. Sometimes we have not because we ask not. We're waiting for God just to zap us. He knows where I live. If he wants me to have joy, he'll bring it. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. says in Psalm 1611, what's it say? In his presence is halfness of joy. <laughs> No, it says in his presence is what? Fullness. Oh, there's another fullness. Wow, that sounds like in his presence is extravagant joy. Extravagant joy. We may may not be outrageously joyful every time we're in his presence, but if we're never outrageously joyful in his presence, we may not be as much in his presence as we thought we were. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha. A chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. A chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I think this message is just for you. There's so many other verses. It says in, it says in Luke um, 2.10, this is when the angel's going to announce to the shepherds the purpose of baby Jesus. How many think that was an important announcement? How many think the angel didn't just talk off the top of his head? I don't really know what to say here. I'll just throw something out. <laughs> Here's what the angel said. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. Basically, he said, behold, I bring you good tidings of extravagant joy, which will be for all the people. Great joy. 
I mean, that's powerful. He says, of all the things that could have been announced, I mean, of all the things, it was an announcement of great joy, not a trickle of joy. Great joy. I've got a, I've got a dog at home. His name is Duncan. He's a black lab. Now, Duncan is one of my joy mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I come home, Duncan has great joy. He doesn't just walk up to me slowly, look up at me, and say, I'm joyful on the inside. Uh-uh, he has great joy. I mean, he, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's sprinting. First of all, he's barking. He's in the house. He hears me coming. He, he has joy unbarkable <laughs> and full of glory. <laughs> he's in a bark. They, they open the door. He just, boom, he's, he's, he's sprinting. He just doesn't know what to do. And, and he's wagging his tail so hard that I'm concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. <laughs> great joy. The announcement, and behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for how many people? Oh, how many is that? Does that include you? Wow. For all the people, not just those who have the right personality. I love it. Hebrews 1.9 says, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Wow. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Just say, I'm anointed with the oil of gladness. Now, Jesus was the most glad being on the planet. He had an oil. What happens to a car engine that runs out of oil? Nothing good. Seizes up, burns out. I remember when I was starting to get this about joy. The Lord said, Steve, I want you to, basically he said this, I want you to pull out your joy dipstick and take a look at it. So I pull it out, and I look at it, and there's nothing on it. So see, we have a problem. If you want longevity in your life, you want longevity in your life, your ministry, I suggest you get some oil of gladness in you. But, Lord, I'll, I need to wait for better circumstances before I can be glad. He said, I learned this. There's no convenient season to become joyful. You know, I mean, pretty much for everybody in the room right now, today is just not a good day to become radically joyful. Yep, too much bad news on television. Too much news about American politics. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> just financial pressures, physical pressures, things going on in my family. Just not a con- joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. 
But I mean, all all of these. But the one that really gets me is Romans fourteen seventeen. It says, "The kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit." Joy is one third of the kingdom. It's one third of the kingdom. Just say, "Joy is one third of the kingdom." I mean, righteousness. If righteousness starts to decline. We got to do something. Righteousness is declining. We can't let that happen. I'm not saying that's wrong, but why when joy starts to decline? Oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just joy. Someone say boo. Boo. One third of the kingdom, but probably the first 15 years of my Christian life, I I could probably count on one hand how many messages I heard on joy. Wow, one-third of the kingdom, but nobody's talking about it. How come? I've got a theory on that, too. Because under a religious mindset, it's impossible to be joyful. Because if you're joyful, you're not getting it. Because if you really got it, you'd understand God has just about had enough of you. He's so frustrated and disappointed with you, he's about ready to implode. (laughs) You prayed one hour, you should have prayed two. You gave $20, you should have given 40. You fasted for three days, but you ate a marshmallow on day two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now God is angry. He's angry. Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said something's happening. <laughs> I, mean, I, I said something's happening. <laughs> Religion can only celebrate and become joyful with perfection. That's why there's no joy in, in religious performance-based churches. There can't be. But, but families celebrate and become joyful with progress. I've got seven grandchildren. I think it was when my oldest was learning to walk. Uh, our daughter, Heidi, his mother, it was Caden. Uh, Caden's the grandson. Heidi would send us texts and, and, and say this, Caden took a step. Caden took a step. Caden took a step. He took a step. We'd be come to Hey, hey, woo-hoo. Hey, our grandson, he took a step. We became joyful. He... Heidi never sent us a text. Caden fell down again. Caden fell down 54 times today. 
He's such a disappointment. He's an embarrassment to our church. I mean, to our family. <laughs> we, don't, we don't think he'll ever walk. You know, if parents were like many Christian leaders and their toddlers trying to walk and falling down, here's what what the parent will say to the toddler. Quit trying to walk. You're being presumptuous and prideful. It's clear you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, it wouldn't be so hard. Besides, if you had the gift of walking, you'd already be walking. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> it's clear that in God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty that he has predestined you with the gift of crawling. (laughs) Be content in the state you're in. (laughs) Don't try for anything more. If God wants you to be a walker, he'll zap you. And you'll instantaneously start walking. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) how I thought so long. Wow, first time I get in front of, trying to speak in front of people. Man, my face is numb. My goal is survival. I'm just trying to, I just got to survive. Hope I don't make a fool out of myself. That was my goal. I mean, that's not a high goal. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it's so hard. I, mean, I thought, I don't have the gift. I can't do this. So many things. We, we have the gift. We have to learn to walk in it. But in religious mindsets, if we can't do it perfectly, or at least what we think is good, then we say, it's not me. Try to pray for somebody. They don't seem to be healed. Let's laugh at this. It means you do not have the gift of healing. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Ha. So, ah, just finding out this whole joy thing, man, I mean, it's one-third of the kingdom. And then really finding out that, you know, if it's one-third of the kingdom, maybe I shouldn't be passive about it. Maybe I should actually pray. I don't, I'm not passive about righteousness. Uh, maybe I should be, actually go after it. Go after it. And I started going after it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say, you know, I'm going to actually make this, yeah, you know, when I saw how important it was, I said, I'm going to make this a priority of my life. 
And, you know, and learning to walk in joy is like a toddler learning to walk. I heard a study that said little children laugh on average 400 times a day. Someone say yay. And the same study said adults laugh only 15 times a day. Say boo. Boo. I want to grow up and become childlike. And, and, and joy and childlikeness are synonymous. Not childishness, childlikeness, where you just keep the wonder on. Dude, watch what Jesus is going to do. What's he going to do in this meeting? I'm so excited. I got to meet with these people. I mean, one of my favorite questions before a meeting to ask is, what would Tigger think if he was me? I got to do a meeting in Cranbrook. <laughs> I'm in Cranbrook, British Columbia. I'm with, oh, can't wait. What's God going to do tonight? Ooh. What's he on? You know, wow. I'm going to partner with you, Lord. What, what are we, what's going to happen tonight? This joy thing is so powerful. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I told the Lord, I said, wow, I, I want to I laugh 400 times a day minimum as part of my health and well-being and longevity plan. I asked the Lord, do you have any suggestions for how I can laugh 400 times a day minimum? <laughs> By the way, every ha is a laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, what's your name over here? Diane, Diane, I think you've probably just got about 25 in the last three minutes. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're going at a good pace. <laughs> so I said, Lord, I want to laugh 400 times a day minimum as part of my health and well-being and longevity plan. Do you have any suggestions for how I can do it? And I heard this, yes, Steve, do what I do. I said, Lord, what do you do? He showed me Psalm 2-4. He who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> How many of you, you know, want to be more like God? Thank you for those hands. I'm setting you up for something. <laughs> Thank you. The question is, what's he laughing at in heaven? So, yeah, some say us. It's, it's probably true, but it's not the context. Context is he's laughing at what his enemies are saying and planning. God laughs in heaven. So I got an idea. And this, this, is, this is a key to help me get into extravagant joy. It's also a key for the renewing of the mind. It, it, it all, because the, to walk in hope, joy is a powerful spiritual weapon that helps you break off bad beliefs. And, he's, and, and I got an idea. I said, if God's laughing at what his enemies are saying, and the devil's my enemy, and the devil's the father of all lies, um, then I'm going to do an experiment, and I'm going to laugh at his lies, and I'm going to see what happens. And I found out it's a, it's a, it, it is a, a, a great way to start dismantling the lies that are restricting our lives. Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking. But they're laughable when we bring them out to the light of language and words. So the lie, oh, yes, I, if I don't feel saved, that means I'm not saved. Oh, yes, amen. I mean, that feels so true. It, it, it's it's, it's got to be true if it feels this true. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
But when you bring it out to the light of language and words and you actually put words to what you're believing, like my salvation is dependent upon my feelings. That's just stupid. Just stupid. That's laughable. So in a moment, and those of you who have been with me before, you have done this. You have laughed at lies. And we're going to laugh at some lies tonight. We've already, we've already laughed at a few. Now, some might say, well, I'm not planning on laughing because I'm an authentic person. And if I laugh, it will feel fake. Your laughter's not fake, it's just rusty. It's like a um, muscle that's atrophied. You don't go to the gym and try to lift up 300 pounds and you can't do it. You don't say, this is so fake. (laughs) You just say, yeah, I just need to work out at a lower weight, you know. So, I mean, it may feel fake. But it isn't. It, it, it's, it's, it, it's doing something. It's doing something. And to laugh, you have to let go of something. When you and I have been married 40 years, we love each other, best friends, but we still don't always agree with each other. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Ha ha. And when we're not agreeing, especially when I think she's wrong. I'm not laughing. Because if I laugh, she'll think things are okay. Things are not okay around here. I'm a victim of you. For me to walk in joy in this home, you need to do what I think you should be doing. My joy depends on your behavior. <laughs> Let's laugh at that. Uh, I'm not saying we laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep. I've pastored churches. Man, sometimes all you do is cry with people. I get it. And, and sometimes in brave communication, you're not laughing. But I'll tell you this. The body of Christ has been so joy deficient, in my opinion, we have devalued joy. We, we've, tears are important, but we, we've overemphasized that and devalued the power of the joy of the Lord. And, and so I'm on a, one of my assignments is, cause, is to ignite hope, but wherever hope is ignited, joy comes along with it. And so let's just, uh, let me just share with you just some classic devilized. Well, I need you guys, just, why don't you just warm up your laughers? Ha, 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 ha. Uh-huh. So I, I wouldn't want anybody to laugh suddenly and pull a laugh muscle. <laughs> and here, when I share these lies, I'd like you to, to laugh just a little louder than you are planning. <laughs> you know, if you're only going to give me a half smile, uh, give me a big smile. If you're only going to just say ha, just give it a little louder ha. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, here we go. 
<laughs> you, you look pretty. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's laugh, let's laugh at this basic lie of the devil. God loves you, but he does not like you. <laughs> Here's a good one. God is not going to provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> because God's ability to provide for your needs is dependent on how the economy is doing. Ha, ha, ha. Or it's dependent on how you are doing. <laughs> That's a deeper lie. That <laughs> 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 goes after deeper belief systems. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> How about this lie? In key decisions that you will need to make in the future, you will not know what to do. <laughs> and if you make the wrong decision, God won't know what to do. Ha, <laughs> ha, Huh. How about this one? What's this region called? Is it called the Coonies? The Coonies. <laughs> what? Quick, quick. <laughs> The Kootenays, Kootenays. I, did I get it? Kootenays. All right, that's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> the, okay, the Kootenays. <laughs> All right. I might need to move on to another live, but I do want to get this one out. If I can do, the the coot the coot <laughs> the <Kootenys> region is <laughs> is <laughs> is an impossible <laughs> the Kootenays region is an impossible location for a worldwide revival to break out from. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, God doesn't even like this region. <laughs> Here's a lie I camped in for about a decade. There is something uniquely wrong with you. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> and then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies, laughter in the church is from the devil. 
<laughs> oh my. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is just good to laugh. If I, if, in my joy impaired state, if I would have been in a meeting like this, I would have been troubled and uncomfortable. I said, we got to get, we got to do something. We can't just be in here laughing. We got to advance in some things. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I think, I think if joy is one third of the kingdom, Maybe maybe we should have an emphasis like this more often to actually get breakthrough, get revelation in something that's a key part of what's supposed to be a part of our lives. We'll just laugh at that again. <laughs> let's do a couple more lies. I just how about let, let's laugh at this lie. Because you're not laughing as much as some people towards the front of the room. <laughs> that means that you do not have the gift of joy. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. I'm kind of worried about my team. You know, I, I'm worried that they might be non-functional. <laughs> you know, it's a good meeting when your cheeks hurt right here. Yeah, that's always a good meeting. I was in, uh, I was in uh, two, week, two weekends ago, I was in Buffalo, New York, and um, I, I, we had, a, a, we had a, a morning session with leaders where we released the joy of the Lord. And it was one of those meetings, you know, where you're just teaching on this, and I, uh, I, had, I, had, I said, hey, you know, uh, if one-third one of the kingdom is joy, then it would, uh, it would seem to be logical that one-third of us, that one of our primary callings in our life should be to be advance the kingdom through advancing joy. It kind of makes sense to me. At least one-third of us should say, yep, that's one of my primary callings, is to release joy. 
to go after joy, to learn how to do that. That's kind of, you know, that just makes sense. <laughs> Does that make sense to you, Lauren? It makes total sense to me. <laughs> and um, so I had them stand. There's about two-thirds of those people. They were trying, I think they were making up for some other churches, you know, maybe we had a lower percentage. <laughs> about two-thirds of them stood up, and you know, and, uh, and so I just uh, had them stand, and um, and I just released an impartation over them, and and then then I asked them, I said, uh, on the count of three, as a representation of you receiving this this impartation, will you release a faith laugh? And so on the count of three, they released a faith laugh, and then what happened was is that there there was kind of an eruption in the corner over here of somebody, and and and. And a person ended up, you know, on the floor and they're back just laughing. And, you know, I, I used to, I'll tell you this, the Lord's just, I'll tell you this, childlikeness and joy go together. And, you know, somebody will say, wow, you know, I, I used to overanalyze those kind of things. Wow, I wonder if that's really God. I wonder if God, if that's just that person. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. And, 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 you know, so I just, I made a decision. I was just going to go lay down next to the person laughing and just see what happened. And, and I just want to report to you that that was a good decision. That was a good decision. And, and you know, just even in extravagant joy, and, and by, by the way, you know, all day tomorrow and tomorrow night, tomorrow, but tomorrow night's meeting is going to be a blowout meeting. It's going to be a great meeting. Things are going to build. And, 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 and just even as you were going into extravagant joy, well, you know, I, I just, I didn't need to be delivered from a demon. I just needed to be delivered from me. Me? Always in control, Steve control. I don't want anything going on. The devil might be deceiving me. I had more faith in the devil's ability to deceive me than the Holy Spirit's ability to lead and protect me. So I never did anything. I was a spiritual straitjacket. Other life, I don't want to be over there. Something might jump on me. The Lord says, I'm hoping something jumps on you. Because you've been having the wrong thing jumping on you for years. And so we, I mean, that, that meeting turned into like a, a half an hour, 45-minute Holy Spirit free-for-all. I mean, I, there, there, there were noises, you know, people, oh! People, I mean, it was like, wow. People say, wow, man, that's not decent and in order. ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> well, you know, I remember, you know, I was complaining to the Lord about out-of-control things and people laughing. and I know we don't laugh, you know, all the time. I, I get that. But um, if it never happens, it's a problem. I said, well, man, I want things decent and in order. He, sa- he says, yes, Steve, cemeteries are decent and in order. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good point, Lord. That's a good point. If our goal is to prevent wildfire, we'll never have the true fire. If our goal is to prevent, we don't want any wildfire happening around here. That may be wildfire. Don't let that happen. Freedom doesn't mean any, anything goes. 
I mean, it goes, but freedom does create a culture where people can encounter God. And joy, extravagant joy is part of that. It's part of it. And, and we don't have to be fake. I remember when I was going on the joy journey, I, there were many times I just go into a group of people laughing. I wasn't laughing, but I just, I just stand there next to them. And then pretty soon it just was so funny. <laughs> Look at these guys. They're, they're ridiculous. And, and something jumped on me, and it was a good thing. And, and just getting freed up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're just getting over ourselves. Thank you for breaking off religious mindset that takes away childlikeness. Thank you, Lord, that we can have actually fun in church. The best party in town should be in church. The best party in town. So you guys good? Tomorrow night, um, tomorrow night, we're, we're planning on those of you who feel, and, and by the way, if it's not you, but I am going to commission people who believe one of their primary callings is, is to release joy or advance joy in the kingdom. And, and again, I don't know how many that's going to be. Uh, that's not everybody's calling, but we need to celebrate those, that it feel, that those who feel it is their calling. So you guys, if you receive the word, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. It was supernatural. Something good jumped on me. (laughs) I'm getting freedom. I'm growing up and becoming childlike. I'm valuing joy. I'm getting breakthrough in joy. I laugh 400 times a day. And I advance the kingdom through joy. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Yay. Woo-hoo. Someone say fire. Freedom. Breakthrough. No limits. Man, I'm really glad this Kleenex box was up here. You guys are so understanding of what's needed. Hey, team, come on up. Just welcome them again. I'm so excited just to hear what the Lord has put on their hearts. Sana and Lauren, they're third-year students at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and they're serving uh, on my intern team this year and just doing such a great job and just love having them here. And, and, and then we have two powerful second-year students and who are so, God, you guys are kind of, you're together here. So what I asked them to do, um, I asked them if they would introduce themselves, share a passion, uh, and then just ask them to be praying over the weekend region and just share uh, just a beginning word. Then when we're done tonight, we're going to, for those of you who want to stay after we're dismissed, they're going to have four different prayer uh, focuses of, of small group prayer focus. It's going to be really powerful. So, Sana, why don't you start? Thank you. So, I'm Sana. I'm from the Netherlands. Um, married with Stefan. Uh, six and a half years. He's interning with Steve, too. Um, 
my passions, I want to share a little bit about my passions, is family, healthy family, and that already, yeah, combines with church, healthy church. I love the Bible. I'm passionate about the Bible. and Just seeing people transformed by the Bible, just the love of Jesus shining through the Bible. Um, I had quite a things for this region and for this weekend, but what I specifically see for this weekend is that the roots, your roots are going wider. And why I say wider, I don't, who is familiar with the redwoods? Everybody is familiar with the redwoods, like the trees, the redwood trees, redwood trees. (laughs) Sorry. Don't start. Don't start. Don't. Yes, redwood trees. We got it. We got redwood trees. We're familiar with redwood trees. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Steve, for backing me up. Um, so your roots are going wider. The redwoods are the roots of the trees actually going wider and attached to each other. And the redwoods have their own ecosystem, and that's why they grow so tall and actually have a good system to be steadfast. And that's what I see for over this weekend. There's an increase of being steadfast and actually spread your roots out and and just hold on in each other and that's what i see it's also for this region that you need each other to be so steadfast and confidence in the lord um so that's also like uh, john 14 no john 8:14 it's like jesus said for i absolutely know who i am where i've come from and where i'm going and that's the confidence what he knew who he was in the Lord. And I see that increasing in you, confident in the Lord, knowing who you are. So, um, yeah, and that combines even with uh, Psalm 1, that you are a person like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And what I see over this weekend, um, this weekend, families will be restored. So, Jeff, that totally um, agrees with your word. And especially sons and daughters lost being found. And the healing hearts of past hurts. Increasing yeah, confidence, what I said. Um, going from perfectionism to progress. So, I see perfectionism breaking off. Um, being crowned with victory mindsets. Um, and a bold courage faith like Paul, I see Hebrews 11 being increased in, in you. Um, I see also migraines being healed and uh, a fogginess over your mind, over your brain, that you can think straight again. So, yes. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Lauren. I'm from Washington State, um, West Side, so Whidbey Island. Um, yeah, two, so passions. I shared with, like, the leadership lunch today, but 
Um, I have quite a few passion points, but I would say I can sum them up kind of in two ways that it's heart and mind. Um, I love learning. I love um, finding out new things and mystery. And so it's been cool to partner that with even hearts and the people in front of me learning um, who I have sitting right in front of me. I love people, love to get to know their story. Um, but the mystery part, I love discovering new things. I'd love to go into science um, someday, pr- soon, hopefully soon. And just, yeah, discover what it's like, you know, ask Holy Spirit, the scientist, you know, like, what's new? What's, what's here that we haven't discovered yet? So that's a huge passion point of mine. Um, what I was hearing over the weekend um, is just, I got the verse in Luke, let's see, yeah, 24, verse 32, when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with the disciples, and they said to each other, were not our hearts burning when he was speaking to us and he was opening up the scriptures? So, and Steve even touched on this, that this is going to be a weekend where it's not just the mind that's getting renewed, but you're going to be listening with your spirit. So just to encourage you not to worry if your mind is not catching it, your spirit is, um, I just see seeds being planted in your spirits that you're, maybe your mind is not writing down fast enough or you feel like Steve's going too fast, and, but you're feeling it in your heart. Just, be, just know, yeah, that God is planting seeds that um, are taking root and you're going to see big fruit from this weekend. Um, yeah, and it's really cool. I actually got the same thing. I wrote down clarity. Some of you have felt like you've been in a fog or a rut um, in life or, yeah, just in general. Even physically, like this fog, you feel like you're not thinking clearly. So God's bringing clarity to you right now, even as you're laughing at lies and just listening. Um, Yeah, Yeah, in company with that, just shifting perspectives. I feel like God is just taking off these boxes that we've put around our thinking like glasses, he's taking them and breaking them and just giving us clarity for the future and clarity for our families. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll leave it at that for now because I feel like he's doing so much more. But really what I want you to get out of this is that you're getting impartation. You're getting a deposit from Steve um, and from the team. We've been praying into this, and you guys are ripe and ready. So, yeah, buckle up for the weekend. I love that burning hearts when our hearts burning. I just yeah, there's uh, there's hearts burning tonight. Just say my heart is burning. Andrea and Kaylin. Hello, my name is Andrea. Or you're allowed to say Andrea. Andrea. It's fine. Andrea. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Um, I am from Norway, um, <laughs> Norway, <laughs> uh, first time in Canada, so this is really fun, um, and some of my passions are, I really have a heart for the nations and reaching the unreached people, um, but that's definitely something God has just stirred up in me, like, the last few years, well, actually, just last year it started, because <laughs> I never, I was like, I never want to be a missionary ever in my life. But then God just changed my heart for that, and I really have a passion for just reaching the people who are unreachable. Um, And, yeah. And also, I have a passion for loving yourself well, because I know that's such an important part um, to loving God and to loving the person next to you. And 
a lot just flows out of the simple thing of loving yourself well. Um, yeah, so that's some of my passions. And something I felt for this conference as I've been praying for it, um, which is really funny coming into this room because I've been feeling that God has been speaking fulfillment of promises over this um, conference. And then I come in here, and the first worship song, I think, that we sung was Yes and Amen. All your promises are yes and amen. And then I look up, and I see this um, picture painting there with, like, the rainbow colors. And God was just, like, reminding me um, that his promises are yes and amen. And I felt just specifically over this conference um, that he's fulfilling promises, things you may have been contending for in prayer, um, he's going to fulfill, and and especially I see just him releasing so much hope into that, um, hope into the promises, hope into the things that you've been contending for and hoping for. Um, yeah, and I felt specifically to read to you um, 2 Corinthians one twenty. It says... For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God, who's, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So I just feel like there is such a grace and such a big hope on God's promises, and the things that you're contending for in your hearts. So, yeah. Hello. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, my name is Kaylin, and I come from a city called Vacaville in California. Um, not as exotic as the Nor- Norway. <laughs> Norway. <laughs> Sure. Or the Cooties. Or the oh, gosh. <laughs> Sounds like a great place. Um, yep, come from California. Uh, a couple of my passions are seeing people truly understand how God sees them. Um, I actually remember I was like, I think I was 11 or something. There was this like God thought that came to me. Um, we were driving around in the car and my dad does this thing where he asks us these really, really deep questions and then, like, leaves um, us to think about them. And he was like, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? And, like, immediately, I just knew. I'm like, oh, I would show everybody how God sees them. And the rest of my family was like, oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> and then in my head, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> um, but I love... Uh, the transformation that happens when people truly understand who they are and what God is saying about them. Um, And then another passion is kingdom government. I love understanding uh, how God sees government and how he wants to establish the world. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, And so when I was praying about this weekend, I heard God say very simply, I'm welcoming them home. And he reminded me of the story of the prodigal son, which it's funny that you said it's strange 
children. Um, and then even during offering, you stumbled on your words and said, like, I want to, like, you said something about, like, welcome home. And then you're like, oh, no, I meant, like, bring it back to your home. And I'm like, same wave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but specifically in the story of the prodigal son, I felt God was actually emphasizing the older brother, um, the one that complained about the younger son getting the celebration. And let me open it up. In Luke 15, 31, it says, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Um, and I feel like God's actually saying that to you guys this weekend, that um, even if you haven't run away from home, even if you haven't turned your back on your father, sometimes we need a reminder for whose home we're in and where we actually are. And I feel like that's what's going to be happening this weekend. Yeah. Just say, I'm coming home. Yes. Hey, just before the team explains what they're going to be doing, I wanted to mention another book. Um, Our latest book is called Let's Just Laugh at That for Kids Part 2. We've got two uh, laughter books for kids. And um, this has five laughter weapons. Listen to this, Sana. The giggle grenade. The ha-ha hammer. The laugh machine gun. I've heard a couple of those tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's more like the laughter blaster and then the laughter boots. Now, these are four pages for each lie, ages six through ten. But even adults, you're going to you're going to like this because we're all kids. Um, Why don't you just share here? I'll just share a couple of the lies in the book, and let's just laugh at these. Because actually, I'm tempted to believe some of these. Um, how about this one? My feelings never lie to me. My family holds me back. <laughs> I don't have to honor my brother or sister. <laughs> Some of these lies are painful to read. Um, I am a failure. <laughs> so this is a great book. We got the first edition out there too. Um, this is anybody have a child six through ten? You are welcome, mighty influencer. Yes. So that's there, and then also got the book Culture of Empowerment. It's my latest book. I'll talk more about that tomorrow, How to Champion People. It's a great book for business leaders, church leaders, parents, anybody who wants to influence people. It takes Bill Johnson's quote, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. Talk about how to build big people around you, how to empower people. So tomorrow's going to be a great day. You know what I heard about tomorrow? I heard it's going to be the best day yet. Yeah. That's what I heard. Um, all right, so the four of you now, the four of them are going to do four breakout sessions prayer for those who want to stay after this is dismissed, uh, and they're not going to be praying for individuals; they're going to be praying for a group. 
So if two come up or 30 come up, then they'll be releasing a group ministry. If there's, there's personal prayer needed and there's time later, maybe that could be done. So we've got four topics. We'll start here. Do you know where we're, we'll put a group back there, here? I don't know what group. There's, but, okay, we'll try to do, well, people will be able to get out of here is my concern. They can, they can figure that out. Oh, they're not going anywhere. Excuse me. Oh, me of little faith. <laughs> Thank you. Just got upgraded. Um, my group is going to go after breaking off fear. We'll put you back in that. Okay, I'll be back in that corner. Breaking off fear. Um, I will be talking about finances and breakthrough in finances, supernatural breakthrough in wow, finances, wow. and I will be standing up here. Yes, I will um, go after family and specifically how to be a healthy family and breakthrough in that. Yeah. Okay. I get the corner. Okay. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> oh. um, I'm going to be going after healing. All sorts of healings. Yes. Physical. Yeah. Yeah. Heal. Mm, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes. It's all, it's going to happen. I mean, we, we, I mean, you were just uh, in with us in uh, Buffalo. Just, just, can you ra- just quickly say some things that were healed? Oh, deaf ears opened, um, people, no glasses needed, uh, senses restored, um, arthritis healed, um, legs grew out, like, significant like this, uh, legs, arms grew out. Um, arm grew out? Yeah, an arm was, like, this shorter, so it grew out. Um, spine being realignment and mostly lower back pains being healed. Neck pains being healed, uh, all significant things. So, someone say, "Wow!" All right, so team, why don't you move? And then, Pastor, do you have anything you want to do just in dismissing? So we remember physical healing, um, family, finances, fear, breaking off fear. All right, was that amazing? So that's so good. Let's, um, yeah. So 9.30 here if you'd like coffee and a muffin or whatever, and then 10 o'clock we're starting with worship. Um, so you can feel free to stand, go to whatever area you want prayer for.